and welcome to Marathon Swim Stories. I'm marathon swimmer and coach Shannon Keegan. Have you heard of Kingdom Swim? Imagine a blissful summer day in late July in the far reaches of the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont. The weekend kicks off with a swimmer and pet parade down Main Street and a pasta feed. There's a one-mile swim. When you're ready, you can go a little further out into the lake for three miles or check off your first marathon with a six-mile swim. Jump up to 10 miles of open lake or bust the Canadian border to get 25 kilometers under your belt. This is what Phil calls the ladder. It's where me and several others have started their marathon swim journey, culminating with a search for a lake monster as a swimmer scouting the length of Lake Memphremagog for Memphry. Or perhaps the culmination is swimming across and back. There have been a few doubles. In our interview today, my former neighbor on Sunset Acres, Phil White, tells how he got started by trying to save the local pool, and in the process, fell in love with open water swimmers. Enjoy. But let's get into Phil's story. Um, I usually open up with like, what's your story? But I know you have a lot of stories, Phil. So we're going to start with like, what got you into this marathon swimming business after all? Um, okay. Um, I've been a water rat all my life. I'm a vertical swimmer, not a horizontal swimmer. Because my um, sisters taught me a scissors kick, which I converted to a frog kick. And so I couldn't swim distances. But I loved the water. I'd hang out in it all the time. And um, I first um, swam in, at any length in Greece in 1969. Um, I got a snorkel and um, goggles and flippers, and I was looking for great fish. And the fish in the Aegean are tasty, but they're not coral reef fish. They're just brown fish. There's nothing really exciting about them. So I ditched the goggles and the, and the snorkel. And I would swim like three, four, five miles a day along the coast on Mykonos, an island in, in, in Greece. And so I, I got, you know, I loved the meditative aspect of swimming. It wasn't hard swimming. I was using flippers. And with the Aegean, you could roll over and um, take a nap if you wanted. In the, in the, in the, it was so buoyant. But um, the true story is um, that... Uh, I started um, trying to help IROC, our local indoor pool and rec center. And when I came in on board, they were um, $3 million in debt and losing $150,000 a year their first three years. And I said, well, let's strategize this. And uh, they said, well, it's dead in the summer. We've got to figure out how to get people in here in the summer. And I, it took me 10 seconds to say, you know, summers in Vermont are miracles. And you got we got to be an indoor and outdoor recreation center. So we started a bike event. We started a, um, a triathlon the next year. And then the year after that, 2009, I said, we have to do a running and a swimming event. So we organized the dandelion run. And um, as for um, Kingdom Swim, People said, well, you'll be lucky if you get 10, 10 people out to swim, a 10-mile swim. We had one-mile, three-mile 
and 10 mile that first year. That was in 2009, right? 2009, and Greg O'Connor was the first person to sign up. That's awesome. The absolute that first person to sign up. And, and then um, Alicia Markey signed up from Pennsylvania or Delaware, and she helped with the logo and, um, and the motto, no lanes, no lines, no limits. And, uh, and then I stumbled across this guy, Ned Dennison and Leslie Thomas out in um, San Francisco. And they couldn't swim, but they, they said they would help. So they helped me on that first year and were enormous help. I think they knew that I was determined to do this swim, but if I did it alone, I would kill a bunch of swimmers. So <laughs> they better step in and help me out. Um, and that's been the story of any success I've had is that I surround myself by competent people and they save me from myself. Um, so the first year we had 100 people. And, um, you know, there were some really exciting moments in that first year. Um, I remember there was an IROC youth swim team and yep. Peter Stewart brought them out for their first um, open water swim. And it was at Prouty Beach and I was in my boat. I had a, a, a really nice um, speed boat. Um, and um, she was uh, retired, didn't she? Yeah, on the rocks with us at the end of Sarah Thomas's. 50 mile swim. But um, um, the uh, uh, so we're, we're there and they're swimming up to the ropes and it's light rain. And, you know, they got beyond the ropes and they, they start saying, I can't see bottom, you know, I can't <laughs> see where I'm going. And they, you know, and they were all, um, uh, even though they were good swimmers, they were all uh, dog paddling. And Peter just said, just, it's just like any other water, just swim to Phil's boat. I think he called me Mr. White, which is now a great name to have. Um, and anyway, um, and all of a sudden, you know, first one started to, you know, really swim. And then another, I see another set of shoulders uh, or elbows come up and, and, and the slap, slap, they're, they're swimming. And then, you know, all of them were swimming to the boat. And it was so exciting to see that happen, um, you know, and, and it took off from there. Yeah, it was, um, I guess, to help out with the IROC swim team. And that was what, how I, that's I, it, taking those kids out in the water <laughs> was how I got over my open water fears. It was just like, I can't impart more fear on these children. <laughs> I can't impart my fear on them. But it, it is, um, it's something else seeing, seeing kids try something they've never done before. So thank did, you for giving did, that did opportunity. You, did you do the one mile swim that first that year? First year, 2009, that was my first open water swim. I had dabbled in triathlon a little bit after that, mostly just having anxiety attack through the swim and then the one mile there in Vermont, that was how I, that's how I got, got started. But it was seeing Rondi that first year. Oh, uh, seeing her finish it was like, i like how you time it so the 10 mile finishes you know or some people some people are coming in before the one mile even leaves so you're standing there on the beach because vera said the same thing for her like her start was being at the one mile but seeing those 10 mile finishers come in you're like wait a second <laughs> I, there's people do 10 miles here it gives you this whole new perspective well watching her swim that first year um she's so long in the water and so graceful and so fast and um i was out she was on the northern leg of, of the 10 mile swim when I um, watched her swimming. And I just, you know, there's nothing more beautiful than that. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. So, um, so you, you get going, what was it like trying to start an, an event like kingdom swim in 2009 and in, in a, in a sleepy little place like uh, the Northeast kingdom of Vermont? Well, there were a couple stories to that, that, you know, the, the first was that we had had the La Traverse, um, the 25 mile swim that went for professional swim that went from Newport to, to Magog. And we'd had a whole celebration around it, Aquafest. And even though they'd come at night and they'd leave, you know, five o'clock in the morning, um, um, it stopped crossing the lake um, in 2003, 2004. And so Aquafest dwindled. And um, when I decided I was gonna do it, I got a lot of resistance at first. Um, there were some people trying to brand Newport as a high Floy, you know, place. Um, what do you call it? And, and anyway, you know, and I had resistance, you know, does this fit the brand of Newport? And I'm saying, who, you know, who are you, the brand Nazis? I mean, you know, we just want to swim. Um, and um, so I just decided we we're going to do it on such and such a day. And then I got all sorts of blowback, you know, how can you do this? I said, well, I've been trying to uh, work with you guys for about four months and it's, September and long distance swimmers are going to be signing in, sign, signing in, you know, um, and um, um, signing up for next year. And they got to know that this exists. And so we got going. And um, then I needed this, these things called buoys, and they cost about $2,000. So I went to the local merchants. Well, I went to Dina at the east side and uh, Tony Pomerlow, and they were in the middle of a, a property line dispute. Uh, and so they weren't really talking to each other. So I got Dina to donate $1,000 worth of buoys and Tony to donate $1,000 of buoys. And then I announced that Tina and Don Tony had come together to offer up these buoys. You know, and, and Ned taught me that, you know, we needed kayakers for every swimmer and, um, uh, and how, to, how to set that up. And, um, and he actually uh, pinned the first courses with me on Google. I didn't know how to do Google. Um, I still don't know how to do Google, um, but, you know, and with the pins, I mean, I, sometimes I figure it out and then I forget and then I have to figure <laughs> it out all over again. Um, so, you know, there was all this going on and, and then we started, um, um, you know, planning an Aquafest around it. And so we had a pet and swimmers parade, which was a lot of fun. And, um, um, and we were raising money for the frontier animal society at the time they do adoptions and stuff like that. And so we had a, this gawky parade down main street, um, at, you know, Friday afternoon with, you know, swimmers, kayakers, and a bunch of dogs, and, you know, um, there were a few goats, I think, in there, and, um, and, but it was a lot of fun. George Hunahan was one of the first year participants, and he was walking down, and I said, bring your flags, you know, I wanted to show Newport where everybody was from, bring your flags, so he had his Connecticut flag, and he said, you know, this is the first time I've ever been in a parade, and I've always <laughs> wanted to be in a parade, and I, and I figured that, you know, swimmers just don't get parades, and and they spend a lot of time alone and they don't um, they don't they don't you know um, they don't get you know they weren't getting as much camaraderie as they're getting now.
Mm -hmm. um, yeah. and, and we had a great um, swimmers and yakers pasta dinner that night before. And, and the night before this, the, um, uh, the morning of the swim, there was this huge, huge thunderstorm that came rolling through town. And I was just about to punch my deployment, print my deployment schedule for all the boaters that I, you know, blackmailed into helping <laughs> support the swim. Because that, that was the other thing. It was rounding up the boats to support the swim. And, and, um, and, you know, and they were all coming in at the last minute. So I waited to the last minute to deploy them to different buoys and where they would be and stuff like that. And I was just getting ready to punch it at five o'clock in the morning and the lights went out. And I waited a bit for them to come on back on and they didn't. And so then I said, well, I'll, I better go to the east side. And maybe I can punch it out on their computer. Well, I went into town and the whole place was um, um, shut down. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, there, there was no lights in Newport or Derby. And the wind was blowing and it was raining and it was nasty. And, and then the thunder and lightning stopped and the wind stopped, but it was still a torrential downpour. And so we were standing under that pavilion getting ready to go. And the swimmers weren't that nervous, but the kayakers were really nervous because I mean it was a it was a monsoon level kind of downfall. And these and, were these were kayakers that you'd pulled off the street, just to be clear. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> for the locals. And and some of the swimmers brought their own kayakers, right, but, right. but there were a lot of locals. And um um, yeah, I, I'd go into bars and impress them to service like the British Navy used to do. <laughs> yes. And and um, and then um, half an hour before the swim, 15 minutes before we deployed the kayaks, the rain just stopped and the water was as calm as calm could be. And then um, we got through the swim, got through the award ceremony and um, and now we planned everything as, as well as we could, you know, up to that point, you know, it was a first time event. And I looked around to everybody and I said, um, so um, we got to get these buoys off the lake. And everybody was, you know, all my, my team were, were just <laughs> vanishing before my eyes. They said, you know, we, you know, we were here for you until five o'clock, Phil, but we're, we're done. We've been working days and days. And, yeah. yeah and, and, and we're done. And I look out there and now this first year, all those buoys were tied to some uh, cinder blocks. And I was all alone. And I said, you know, when you're all alone and you're facing a daunting task like that, the first thing you got to do is go get a drink. So I went over to the east side and they just opened the, um, um, you know, um, deck. And uh, a friend of my son's was uh, bartending and he had been a bartender at, at the east side. And, and uh, I, I came up to the, 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 the bar, the outdoor bar. And I said, you know, told her what was happening. And said, I really need a drink before I go off and do all this. And her father was there, Jimmy Campbell. And he said, Phil, have a drink on me. So thank you, Jimmy. Now, Jimmy is a really nice guy, but he's also very, very cheap, you know. And um, so I went out and I, I, I tried to pull up the first concrete blocks and I could get them about three feet off the surface of the lake, but that was it. So I tie a bunch to the front of the pontoon boat and I drag them into shallow water and I leave them there. 
till the next day. I didn't want to just cut them because they, that could foul boat. I didn't want to leave them in the lake. So then I go back to the deck and Jimmy was long gone, but Kara was still working there. And I said, Kara, is Jimmy's tab still open? She said, of course. <laughs> so I had another drink and then I go out and get a bunch of other um, uh, uh, cinder blocks, drag them in. And I did that all night. And then I had a lot of cleanup to do the rest of the week. So I was in and out of the East side and Kara was working all week. And I say, is, is Jimmy's tab still open? And she said, of course, for you, Phil, anything. So come Friday, I'm at the, at the deck having another drink and Jimmy's there and I thank him for the drink. I thank him for the drinks. And he said, I was happy to buy you a drink last Friday. And I said, no, <laughs> keeping the tab open all week, Jimmy, that was really nice of you. <laughs> he said, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and that was the first kingdom swim. No, uh, uh, <laughs> that's uh you uh go i guess garnering support and getting help for to put together an event like that and in future years where i know i helped you put in some buoys and maybe i think you were recruiting people anybody who, who you could find in town <laughs> yeah yeah no and, and you know and it was it was fun when we got people together and 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 being out on the lake i mean i i can't spend a minute out on the lake and not have a good time i don't care yeah. whether it's day or night, foul or fair, or I'm drunk or sober. I mean, it's just great to be out on this lake. It's just a wonder. It's a magical lake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how do you, I guess, as an organizer, how do you um, engender support from people to help you to help you so you're not out there pulling buoys by yourself? Has it gotten better? Or are you still out there pulling by buoys by yourself? <laughs> no, no. Well, first off, we learned to put uh, uh, 15 pound anchors on, on the uh, two, two anchors, two lines, so we could pull them up easily. And mm -hmm. we came up with a strategy for, you know, each boat that's guarding a buoy, when they leave the buoy, they pull up that buoy. It's, you know, as we go along, we figure things out, you know, mm -hmm. by the time I'm dead, I'll know what I'm doing. <laughs> and, and that's, that's really how, how that, that, that has worked. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, but, you know, it's been wonderful to see swimmers come through the different uh, the on the ladder that we've created for growing your swim. I mean, if you were always a one mile swimmer, you'd be welcome. We have a 75 year old judge from um, um, DC who comes in with his son and swims the, the, the one mile swim every year. Mm -hmm. um, and that's there. And Laura Melyuski comes in and swims a three mile swim every year. Uh, but we also have people like you who start with the one mile swim and grow to the three to the five to the 10 and get a taste of the border buster or whatever, and then become um, swimmer scouts, mm -hmm. you know, and, and there are a bunch of you. Um, Paula Yankowskis started as a three mile wetsuiter. So did uh, Charlotte Brin. Um, and of course, the, the Rivard girls and um, and there are tons of others that have basically gone long through this um, and grown up through this system mm -hmm. in um, Grimmer from uh, uh, um, Middlebury. is another one as I, as I think of them. And Laura Byron, Lauren Byron um, is another one. Um, and so it's it's kind of like um, uh, you know, just watching people grow and blossom in front of you. Um, and that's fun. 
that's a gift yeah that's wonderful that's one of the things i like about coaching too just pushing people trying to push people on their way (laughs) well i try not to push i just i just i've I've discovered that you know you guys are trigger fingers you know if you it's like leaving a playground in front of a kid that eventually (laughs) they'll try everything (laughs) like like um um what's her name sarah thomas you know she just double crossed uh lake tahoe and she was coming to do a one-way here and i said you know have you ever thought of um an, uh, another double cross and she said well i've been to the english channel once i don't think i want to go back there again of course we know that was wrong <laughs> but, but um i said no i wasn't thinking of the english channel and i didn't say them from agog or anything like that i said i wasn't thinking about the english channel and she said oh philip you know i just finished this 44 mile swim i you know i can't imagine that i'd be ready to double cross men from agog and i said well i just wanted you to know that if you wanted to do it we'll figure out a way to make it happen nice and a couple of weeks later she called back and said i'm in i'm in (laughs) Yeah, and that was and that was my boat Pinky's last ride because at, at the end of it, the wind was horrendous against her going in the water, um, and it was uh, tailwind coming back, but there were still two three foot waves, and um, no sane person would be out there swimming it, and um, um, and when when she finished her swim, I was bringing the boat around to the river and uh, crashed it on the rocks at Point Mary. Oh, and wow. and um, I couldn't get him off, couldn't get her off the rocks, and so that was that was Pinky's last ride was with Sarah. <laughs> oh man, um, I uh, I should have written down the question I had in the tip of my mind, but um, <laughs> tell us about tell us about this one that you're most proud of putting on. Is there one? Maybe there's I don't, one. I don't know. Um, I mean, there are a bunch of great moments having a USMS national championship and 100 people at the south end of Lake Willoughby ready to start 100 swimmers mm-hmm. and 100 kayakers. That was that was pretty um, that last um, 2019 swim week was a, you know, was a good one, a robust, you know, fruition of, of, of all of this, um, you know my proudest moments were also my most disastrous moments. I mean, that, that first in search of memphry swim was, was uh, raucous. Um, we didn't know what we were doing. Um, you know, we all had a dinner the night before we started, you know, we had a dinner at eight and, and then went swimming at midnight, midnight. <laughs> you know, and uh, um, we didn't have enough support boats. They kept vanishing on me. Um, and um it what three for yeah three people? three for um well nine nine um solos and and the the relay team the relay right <laughs> <laughs> which you were on mm-hmm. and um uh and uh so we had 10 swimmers in the water at any given time and we were trying to do it with kayakers rotating kayakers um, off of three boats. Um, and when we started, the wind was light where we were at the, at the um, uh, Gateway Center. But when we came around Ferentz Point and looked up north, the wind was barreling down at like 
20 miles an hour, you know, building up the whole way. And, and then, um, who was it? One of the swimmers, um, Dutton, um, Jen Dutton, her uh, husband was getting hypothermic in the kayak. So they decided to head back to Newport. They'd been out about a mile. And I learned that. I mean, now we would just say, get in the boat. You know? mm-hmm. Right. But, yeah. No, going but back. in the middle of the night with a raging, you know, windstorm coming down the lake, they're headed back. And I've got, you know, nine swimmers in front of me that are all seemingly doing okay. And one swimmer in distress going the other way. And I had the calculus that if that's the swimmer in distress, I got to make sure they get in okay, because I know they're in distress. So I had to break away from the group. And by the time I got back, um, the swimmers had all gotten separated from their kayakers because the kayakers couldn't keep up with them during the feeds and stuff like that. They were all over the place. And now we had to you know, kind of round them up, figure out who was where. And Charlotte was separated from her uh, her kayaker and Greg was separated from his kayak. I mean, everybody was separated. I almost ran over Greg. Um, don't tell him. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I, I said at one point to Christian, my, my uh, bodyguard, I said, uh, Christian, shoot me now so I don't have to watch every swimmer die one at a time. You know, it was really scary. Yeah. But um, but uh, and and come morning and we didn't have great radio contact and come morning, uh, I thought everybody was out of the water, but four people were still swimming. And um, that was uh, Greg and Elaine and um, Charlotte and Liz Fry. Mm -hmm. And um, and they they all made it um, to the end and everybody else followed them in. the uh pontoon boats which nearly went underwater a couple yeah i was on one that just about we just about sunk with probably 15 people on it and six kayaks it was just nothing (laughs) which which we we, you know which we learned from which now you know when you're out you're out you know when when you're um um uh when 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 you're out of the water you're onto the boat and when you're onto the boat we get you to shore like we have um we can get you to shore at Georgetown. We can get you to shore back at Newport if that's what it takes. But we can't carry that, you know, that many people. Right. And now we do it. Um, we have three boats. We have um, um, two regular pilots, me and another guy, Rob Anderson, up here. And, um, um, and you know, we're fishing around for a third. And we have seven different windows. So we have experienced pilots. Uh, our windows are three days. So we pick the best day. We're not stuck with the one day with the wind mm. barreling down the lake. Because <laughs> right. as you know, the, 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 the wind and the, the weather changes significantly from day to day. Yep, no, and yep. <laughs> so we're not guaranteeing, uh, guaranteed of getting a good day, but, but we're guaranteed of getting a better day than, than some of the ones we've had with expeditions i miss the expeditions Mm. but this is a much better way to get a swim done and it still Mm. has can have a group element of you know one or two other people swimming and it's and since we changed that um, everybody who swam has completed yeah yeah that's great yeah um 
how do you get through those scary moments when, how do you keep your cool and get through those scary moments on the lake when you're responsible for all of these people in the water? Um, I've been through a lot of scary moments in my life. <laughs> so experience, you know. <laughs> experience yeah. required. Yeah. Well, you know, um, you know, it, 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 it gets um, adventurous at times. And, but one of the things I know is that there's some swimmers who are, well, I, I'm a downhill skier and I love to downhill ski. And there's some people who just like the groomed trails. And then there are other people who love the moguls and they love the glades and, um, and they're different kinds of ski, you know, skiers. And I applied that to swimming. And, you know, there's some swimmers that love those challenges. They love those waves and those, um, and every swimmer has dark moments, I think. Um, some don't. Uh, I don't know that Vera has dark moments. <laughs> right. <she's> right. <laughs> um, you know, and, and um, I don't think Amanda Hunt has dark moments when she swims. She just loves the water. Um, but most swimmers have their demons, you know, and wrestling with the demons is part of the battle you know, and um, swimming in the rough is part of the fun for mm -hmm. a lot of people. And so we go through the battle together, you know, and I know, you know, I say, if, if this is ever too much for you, get out of the water. Yep. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm just going to support you as, as much as I can. And, and there have been some, well, there was one rocky moment with um, Ray Gandy. We were coming back. He was trying to do a double cross from Rhode Island and he we'd gone up to Magog we were coming back at night he was whimpering and he was in really trouble we had two pontoon boats he had his crew with a pontoon boat and I was kind of the guide boat or maybe I was using um no I was using Pinky as a guide boat and um my uh speedboat and um so at night I'd go ahead and blink you know and and they would come to me and we go on and on and we got to back cross the border on uh, afternoon summer afternoon and the sky was getting kind of like it gets sometimes <laughs> and I was getting a little nervous and we'd crossed the border so we had four miles to go and I heard a rumble and I called into the dispatcher at Newport Police and I said, I heard a rumble. Now that could be, you know, 30 miles away or it could be, you know, nearby. Can you check it out and see where it is? And he said, yeah, I'll check it out, Phil, and I'll get right back to you. But he called me right back and he said, Phil, I hate to tell you this, right over you. Mm. And the minute he hung up, down came three bolts of lightning around our boats. Um, you know, Ray jumped out of his boat like, um, you know, uh, a cork out of a bottle. And um, I mean, there was no question, do we, you know, and, <clears throat> and we couldn't see anything. The wind was swirling like 60 miles an hour around us and it was hailing. And I, you know, and I'm sitting there um, and, and then I realized that they're looking to me, we could see each other, but you know, we wouldn't dare get on a telephone and they're looking for me to get them out of here. And I didn't know where we, you know, I didn't know east from west, west from east, so I guessed, and I got us to closer to shore, and then we were hand pointing, and do you want to go into shore here, or, you know, he's just finishing 46 miles of swimming, do you want to go into town, even though 
So they said into town. So we start boating into town and within a minute it had all vanished. And it turned out that this was just like a spot thunderstorm that came from nowhere, went nowhere. It was just right over Ray Gandy's head. Wow. You know, and I think that's the last long distance swim he's done. Wow. Um, um, uh, but those scary moments happen, you know, and, um, and the, but the adventure of, of the moment is all, you know, is, is, is worth it as long as the swimmer wants to do it. You know, I mean, if I'd, if I'd seen a, a thunderstorm coming, I would have said, we got to be ready for this. Um, you know, and I, and I have told people to get out of the water when they didn't want to get out of the water because yep. mostly because they're not, um, they're, they're not looking good. You mm -hmm. know? And, and so I reserve that right. But I, I, I have only done that a few times. Yeah. 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 You definitely, I think, open the door <laughs> so that people can, um, I guess, do their, do their thing, which I think is something that I really appreciate about you. Like you were saying with Sir Thomas, you just open the door to like, well, if you want to do a double over here and um, it's such a gift. I remember the first kingdom swim week that I did. And I guess it would have been 2017 when Rowan was like eight months old. And it was like the third, the day we did Masa Whippy. And I was like, ah, Phil, I just, you know, I don't think I'm going to make it. We've been swimming the last, what was it? Two, three days. And my shoulders are so sore. And you were like, okay, we'll just get started. And well, you know, if you need, if you need a ride the rest of the way, no problem. Versus, you know, like putting me three miles from the finish or whatever, but, and I, and I made it across the whole thing. Cause it's one of those things, opening that door for people so that they can see what they can do. It's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's a really important trait. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for opening the door for so many marathon swimmers. It's been a joy. <laughs> Um, what's it like to now you're doing ice swims and cutting pools in the ice and bringing swimmers in around from the world? What's that growth been like for you and for the well, community? The, the, the first year was very scary, you know, not scary and well, scary in a lot of ways, but I mean, the ice was three feet thick and um, Department of Re uh, Newport Rec Department was cutting it for me. Um, that was really the last year that they uh, were acted as partners, almost partners with Kingdom Games, and and it was it was good, and and um, you know, and I didn't know what I was doing, and I got some help from the um, um, uh, U.S. Winter Swimming Association folks, and um, some helps from the International Winter Swimming Association, um, but you know, we kind of figured it out. Um, and then they kind of wandered off, but now I knew what, you know, how, more about how to run it. And um, I paid people to come in and, 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 and do it and um, cut the pool and they've been terrific um, and they take care of everything. And gradually we built up the numbers and, you know, I was, in fact, I was looking at the number of Vermont cold water swimmers. And back then there were three of them there was uh, Charlotte, Paula, Jankowskis, and um, who was the other? There's one other. Um, and, um, and now there are 15. Mm -hmm. So um, the second year, um, Greg O'Connor and a few others, um, uh, Janet Philander Manning, 
and um, um, Raina DeMeo um, and uh, Jamie Monahan. Um, they all agreed to kind of help decide what to do. And we decided to go forward, um, even though, you know, we didn't know whether it would be financially feasible. Mm-hmm. And the first, the second and third year, we were around 40 swimmers each year. But um, the third year, we, or the fourth year, we were up to 75. And last year, we were at 95. Um, and um, this year, we're seeing, um, and we started the vampire swim in order to acclimatize people to cold water. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. And and now we're seeing um, groups of cold water swimmers all over the U.S. They're, we get them signing up for this virtual winter swim, which is for this year even better than a real um, open uh, winter swim because they don't have to travel to Newport Mm -hmm. and they're collecting in pods. And like we have 15 from Alaska now that are swimming and, and, you know, and 15 from um, Pennsylvania and um, 12 to 15 from Maryland. Um, We even have a group in, um, well, now we have a group of two in Arizona um, Emily Howell, I don't know if you're Emily Howell, Emily Evans from Arizona. She was a swimmer scout. She, um, she tried it. And so, um, what, what I'm seeing is, and, and we've got three or four from Louisville or, um, Knoxville, um, Tennessee. And, um, uh, you know, what I'm seeing is that these pods are expanding. The L street swimmers have, you know, grown exponentially. The Canadians have grown exponentially. And Nadine has started this um, Canadian cold water swimmers and group. And they're all over um, Canada, not just Ottawa and uh, Ontario and and, uh, Quebec. And so um, back in 2015, we were kind of alone, you know, and I started this Facebook, I knew we had to grow the sport if it was going to be successful. And so I started this uh, Facebook photo album called We Are Not Alone. And anytime I caught somebody swimming, you know, there were three in Lake Ontario that um, swam year round, Madhu um, uh, and two others. um, And that was it. Um, and, And now there are probably 50 out there. So the, the sport has grown. Um, and again, it's great having a, an inspiration that you could come to this festival. And that got kind of got people off the ground on it. But once you had what I call scallywags out there at various different places and, you know, bringing in buddies to run away with them to this sport of cold water swimming, um, you know, and people. So now I think it's, it, you know, the sport is going to survive on its own. It doesn't need the festival to, you know, I mean, we'll, all, you know, as long as we can, we'll have the festival, but mm-hmm. um, because that's just a party. I mean, and, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's a great challenge and people mm-hmm. love that challenge. Um, and there are a lot of people that they want to challenge themselves, but they want to do something they know, they know in their mind is safe. You know, they, they may be, they, you know, and when they see other people doing it, they know it's safe, you know, like, right. oh yeah, that's my friend and buddy, you know, they're doing mm-hmm. this foolishness. And so I can do this foolishness. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, 
so you know it's been it, it's been fun to watch that explode mm-hmm. yeah not to mention yeah. the open water swimming community i mean oh yeah since 2009 that has just taken off and um you know so good fun yeah yes yeah it's awesome to see what you've what you've done since i've left <laughs> I wish it had all been there when I was there, but it's but it was neat being a part well, of it you, in the beginning. And <laughs> you helped start it, Shannon. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned I, what's that? I'm just wondering who else is on oh, this line still. I see Janine. I see Alyssa. And Lynn, are you you're still on this? <laughs> Lynn's here. And and who's Capert. Oh, and John's now he's yeah. Oh, Marlis is a fellow Oregonian. She hasn't made it out there yet. Oh, she sticks to warm water. I think no, she doesn't stick to warm water, but she sticks. She's a swim track guide. <laughs> she gets to do fun stuff and travel around the world. Uh, just a couple more questions, Phil, and then I'll let see if anyone else has questions. Um, you've mentioned a few times. I don't know what I'm doing, but and you continue doing something. Any recommendations for how to help people move on ideas that they have to? because you've made some amazing things happen just by starting out with, well, I didn't know what I was doing, but I did this thing anyway. <laughs> well, I, I have um, offered my help to any, any uh, race organizer that, that, that needs that help. But um, um, the story about Ned Dennison is, is, a, is a good one on that because um, um, I was just trying to find him as a swimmer for the 10 mile swim when I thought 10 people were going to get there. And, and, um, and I did searching on the, uh, it wasn't the New York open water swim. Then it was Morty Berger's, um, um, you know, I don't know what it was, but he had a good database. And so I was going through the swim around Manhattan um, and looking for Vermonters. And I came across, um, I came across Ned Dennison's name and saw that he was from Vermont living in Ireland. <clears throat> and I thought, well, he would be a good one to invite. And, but I didn't have an email. So I found an email for an Irish swimmer. <laughs> this is at five o'clock in the morning while I had a day job and all that kind of stuff and, and I rocking. Um, and, and I wrote to that guy and said, you know, can't, I'm looking for Ned Dennison. Do you know how to get in touch with him? And he didn't respond, didn't respond. And then I was off on all my other stuff. And finally, one day he responded, said, sorry, I responded so late, but my mother just died and, you know, just getting back to the real, you know, the real world again. And I said, well, my mother died a few years ago. And we went back and forth uh, talking about grieving for mothers and, you know, I mean, on, on, uh, um, uh, the love of a uh, the love of a loving mother is something that you know, and the love of a loving father is something that you don't get. Um, on on um, what is it? Um, sorry about that. Um, uh, go away. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, uh, on, on unconditional love, unconditional, yeah. the loss of unconditional love is, is amazing. And, um, um, and so we went back and forth, back and forth for about a mo- month. And then 
you know, and I wasn't there, didn't dare ask him. Um, but after a month, he said, oh, and by the way, Ned's email is this. So, um, so I contacted Ned and he said, no, I can't really come swim because I'm um, planning a swim around Jersey Island in uh, Channel 34 miles. And I said, oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to help. So he helped chart the first course. And, um, you know, and he's done that for lots and lots of people. And um, so I think the way I've, and, and in fact, that's what he got inducted into one of the Hall of Fames um, was as uh, a mentor and as, as a helper. And, and I introduced him and said, you know, I, I figure I got him this award because he, they, they, you guys figured if he could help me, he could help anybody. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one of the things we tried to do is, is um, um, spread whatever knowledge. Like I have a Yakker's Rule piece about how to be a good um, kayaker. Um, I'm sure that's been used by a bunch of people. I've shared one, it with people, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one way or another. Now I'm working on um, cold water beginners. Mm, you know, nice. what do you need to, you know, look, I just decided to do that yesterday when when I had two people from Arizona starting to do get ready for the winter virtual winter swim. And I said, they need, when people are start heading into this, they need some kind of guide. Yeah. So I think that's the way I can, I, I've been able to help people. Yeah. That's great. Um, what, um, what's one of the biggest learnings that you've had? Is there one? <laughs> All your nose. You know, if, if I hadn't followed my nose, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. I mean, this was not my life plan. <laughs> be broke and organizing running and biking and swimming events. But it's, it's, it's been, you know, um, a great 10 years, a great decade. You mm -hmm. know, I've had more fun in the last decade. I've had more terrifying moments in the last decade too, but I've had more fun, made more friends. I mean, the, the endurance athletic, athletic group. I have friends of runners. I have friends of bikers, of skaters, but mostly of swimmers. And we've been through shit together, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's because, you know, we've followed our noses. Yeah. And, and, and um, you know, and that's how I get into my most trouble, like the winter <laughs> swim. Like, you know, the great skate across the, from, um, from Newport to uh, uh, Magog, we had a really, 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 really cold winter and the ice was really, 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 really thick. And I plowed the lake two times and, um, uh, and I was careful about it. You know, I was drilling holes and seeing where the, but, you know, it was my, the guy who was helping me was driving his truck with his door open, ready to jump at any time. Um, and, and I'm an adventure dog, you know, and so I, uh, I've learned to accept that, you know, I love, that's one of the things I like about downhill skiing is the adrenaline and the excitement and the challenge, you know, and this has all of that. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> you know, and I've learned that swimmers are remarkable. I've learned a lot from swimmers, which is the one stroke, be prepared, train, you know, you got to be disciplined. You got to be careful. Um, you, you know, um, you need to know yourself, but one stroke at a time, 
and um, patience in the mindset. Um, you can go great distances. And so that's gotten me through all sorts. Of, I mean, I almost went bankrupt um, 10 years ago and I dug myself and a friend of mine said, you know, how do you eat a shit sandwich one bite at a time? And, 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 but I learned from swimmers, you know, I just deal with this one stroke at a time. And now I'm, I'm out of debt and I have um, um, an excellent credit rating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any money, but, but I, I'm not, I'm not about to, um, uh, I'm not about to go under. I didn't dare declare bankruptcy when I started Kingdom Games because that's not the way to start a company. Right. So I had to work it out slowly. And eventually my credit, old creditors got tired. These were creditors that I earned trying to bail out IROC. Oh boy. Yeah. And that was a big, <laughs> yeah, that, was, that left me deep and deep in the hole and divorce. But, um, yeah. uh, you know, it was, um, but one stroke at a time and I got through it. And so, you know, now I'm living the dream. <laughs> the virtual connections, the world over. For a day or two anyway. For a day yeah. or two, right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for everything you do for the community. I, I do want, if people have questions for Phil, I want to give a minute so we can ask questions. Does anyone want to come off mute? Oh, I have a question. Um, and I, I actually put it in there. And I know oh. you wrote a guide for um, beginners who are um, going to try this ice meat. Um, but... Could you possibly share a few of your uh, a few general tips for newcomers? I was going to be in your meet this year, um, however, it was um, endemic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was. Uh, so I am thinking. Okay, next year I got to save some of these tips and and um, put them into practice. Well, the, the, I mean, the first one is you know start swimming in September and stay swimming every week as it gets colder um, and, and swim shorter distances. Don't feel like you gotta go out and swim an ice mile the first year. You know, you can go in for 15 minutes and, and as it gets really cold in for five minutes and that's really what you need. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, the second is, um, uh, is that at some point before you're really acclimatized to it all, you'll have the, what I call the breathless moment where you get in and it's just so cold and 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 um, you're breathless and panicky. I mean, that's typically happens with people who start later than they should, so they haven't acclimatized. And what I learned from I, I saw one survival of how to get out of ice um, if you're ice skating and you fall through, because I I know a lot of wintertime skaters and they they skate on thin ice. It's black ice that's smooth as they follow it around. But, but this training is um, don't try to get out the first minute you're in. You know, if you go in and you're in a panic, just hang there for a minute and let yourself get used to the water. Then you have four minutes to live, you know. <laughs> and, and um, but I mean, if you're not, if you're not trained, you have four minutes to live. And so then you can start trying to get out of the water and always go back the way you came um, uh, because where you're going is what got started to get thin. And I had a friend who died trying to go towards shore when that was getting thinner. Um, he was on his own. 
um, which leads to the and and but had he gone back, he would have gotten back on solid ice. Um, but I learned that one minute gap, you know, um, one minute rule of if you're feeling totally nuts, just settle down before you get on with your swim. And, and that brings up the other one, which is never go out swimming alone. I mean, never alone. Right, John? Is he still there? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, um, uh, and, and, um, and one of the things I learned myself is that um, don't swim with your head submerged for the first few times. Mm, um, no. You know, the, the, the difference between full submersion and uh, swimming a breaststroke with your head above the water is huge. It's huge. It really is. <laughs> now, you know, at some point you'll be ready for that, but you know. Um, well, anytime I've gone into, and I have my coldest temperature so far is 53 and I did okay with that. I wasn't, um, I, you know, it's the OMG moment when I first come in and I'm like, okay, I know this is going to pass and I'm going to be cool. Um, and, but I, I, um, stay, I do that head up breaststroke, old lady breaststroke, and then kind of gradually can put my head down and, mm -hmm. upset. yeah. Yeah. Once you're moving your other parts of your body, you can maybe handle that, um, submerging. But a lot of people think that they can just jump in and the shock is just too much, I think. Now, you know, by the time you get trained and you're acclimatized to it all, I mean, I see winter swimmers climb down on the platform, stand there for a couple of seconds, and then they're in the water swimming. Um, so they, they don't need that because they, 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 they've worked through that kind mm -hmm. of panic. Um, so those are the those are a couple of things, but you know there are other things like if you're if you're swimming in um, uh, where there's ice forming, that ice, that thin ice, can be razor sharp and can really cut the shit out of you if you don't treat it seriously um, and I and can break it up. Imagine right far 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 away from you, um, and. Uh, Recognizing no, think... hy hypothermia is hard for you as the swimmer, but um, as um, and how to warm up afterwards. Is really now, if you important. don't live near um, open water where you're able to go in as a re as a regular thing, what other you know are there? What alternatives do you suggest? Um, there, there um, ice baths. Go get a go get a barrel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get a and barrel and go to the ice. Yeah, go to the yeah. ice store. <laughs> there, there, I mean, as far as I can tell, um, we're the only ice pool in North America um, that that has twenty five meter lanes and is competitive. There's one other near Cooperstown that's a much shorter pool. They do have it is you do have to swim. It's not just a plunge, and they use it to raise money for. Uh, cancer survivors or cancer patients and their families. Um, but it's like they're swimming with a rope attached to them and they're swimming for maybe 20, um, mm -hmm. 25 feet, something mm -hmm. like that. <coughs> That's the only one I know 
Lake Tahoe sometimes stays open all year round. So you could go to, I mean, you could, you could probably find open, open water year round out where you I are. I sometimes wade in a stream near my house that's not deep enough for swimming, but I'll just walk across barefoot yeah. um, when the water, and as the water gets cold, I'm thinking, oh, that's not too bad, but that's just <laughs> wading. That's not the, that's not the real deal. Right. Yeah. All right, you guys. Thank you so much, Phil. I certainly could hear more and more and more of your stories, and I'd love to take more questions, but it's been an hour so i'm gonna wrap it up here and we could always have you back i hope thank you so much well sometime (laughs) sometime i'll tell you how janine persuaded me to start a whole new group of slow swimmers all right and to plan our events around slow swimmers that's uh that sounds like a word lynn Lynn was part of that was part of that that, be uh, me i'm a slow swimmer all right. So we'll have the revisit to the how, uh, how to accommodate um, swimmers of all categories and speeds with Phil White in a future Great episode. talking to you and great to see you guys. Yeah. Thank you good so much, you guys. Thank you. Take care. You. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Are you ready to swim smarter? Check out my virtual Efficient Swimming Basics program at intrepidwater.com. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you'd like to be a guest on Marathon Swim Stories, just email me, shannon at intrepidwater.com. Please stay in touch by joining our email list at intrepidwater.com. Thanks for listening.